Welcome to the Evolve Mindset. My name is Chelsea Browse, but most know me online as Chelsbra. I'm an awakening mentor and somatic sexologist who's passionate about the continuous evolution of consciousness. If you're looking to evolve your sex life, career, relationships, finances, or health, then it begins with your mindset and this podcast is for you. My goal is to use this container to provide the tools, knowledge, and insights to further your potential and evolution. I know we're going to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pressing play and let's evolve. Hi, Terry. Thank you so much for joining me today in the, in the Unevolved Mindset podcast. Um, I thank you and I honor you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Beautiful. Um, for anyone that doesn't know who Terry is, can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. So lately I've been calling myself a hyphen person, and this is a <laughs> kind of a, a phrase coined by Chase Jarvis, who is like um, a creative, but also like a thought leader and so on. And uh, he describes hyphen people as people that have a bunch of different modalities that they like to focus on, but with one core message or mission. So um, um, I'm a little bit of everything. I am an author. I'm a photographer. I am a body image activist. I'm an educator, a speaker, and a coach. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think that's all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go through the list mentally, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So basically, my main my main focus is in the photography realm. That's where I spend most of my time um, working with clients, but also working with fellow educators to help them understand and embrace the diversity of bodies and um, body image and things like that. And then, yeah, all the other stuff just kind of supports that. Mm. It's beautiful. And um, I actually had the pleasure of being a client of yours and actually full on experiencing Terry in all her glory. Um, <laughs> and wow, was it amazing. And wow, can I just not I can't say enough good things about the photos and just to say like the experience itself, like you made me feel so good about myself. So oh, thank you that's for that. good. Yeah. It's more like the photos I always say are just the memento at the end of like, mm -hmm. um, giving time to yourself and investing in yourself. And like, it is for you first and foremost. And the photos are just like a memory thing that when you look at them, you're like, Oh yeah, that was a good day. And I felt amazing because I was doing something for myself that day. So but I do take care, obviously, in the photos as well. But, but for me, the, the experience, I think, goes a lot further and how people feel, it goes a lot further than how they look necessarily, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, your photos do show how much care you take into them. So I do want to highlight that. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's a little awesome. bit of, I focus on both, but. Yes, definitely. It shows. Um, I would love to know, though, like, how did you get started in like the boudoir and kind of like your niche in it? Yeah, that's a great question. And when I get asked quite often, because especially mm -hmm. in Winnipeg, it's like um, when I first started doing people were like, you can make money doing that. Like, I think that was a very common question. Um, yeah. But what happened was uh, I was doing weddings and portraits, family sessions, things like that, just 
I, I say that stuff technically trained me. Uh, so I knew how to use my camera so that I could focus on the person piece of it when it came time to doing boudoir. And uh, in 2014, it was, I think, around June, uh, I had my own boudoir session done. Just I had no idea actually what boudoir was, to be honest. I didn't know that was a thing. But this other friend of mine was like, hey, I'll swap you sessions. You photograph my family and uh, I'll photograph you in boudoir. So I was like, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was good. And the photos were pretty. But all I got back were headshots and um and they were pretty headshots but the what i realized what was happening was that i don't think she was comfortable photographing a plus size body and which is not uncommon it it's now more uncommon but back then in 2014 though i looked around at the whole photography industry and you never saw bodies like mine um i never saw them in the boudoir industry but even in weddings portraits if people were photographing fat bodies we were not seeing them and i was like well that's dumb so (laughs) i said Mm -hmm. i agree basically um and i did a project when like shortly after that in, I think it was around September. And I just posted on Facebook to show that there's like so much diversity in bodies. And I I was expecting maybe like 20 people to sign up for this. Cause I was like, Hey, come to this random space and like take off all your clothes and I'll take your photo in like five minutes. And then that's all it is. There's no Photoshop, nothing. Just like show up, be yourself and get naked. And you know, that's a little awkward to ask people. So But I ended up with like 75 women between uh, Manitoba and Saskatchewan. So it was like a two province thing. And so I have this beautiful poster. It's not here at home. It's at my studio, but it's got all these beautiful bodies. And when I saw them all together, I was like, yeah, why do we keep trying to fit into this like one Eurocentric ideal of what a body should look like when look at all these beautiful bodies just existing and like living their best lives. So that was my experience. But then the email started like coming in from the women that have participated before they even saw the photos. They were like, you don't even know how like that was scary, but like, I'm so confident after just doing that thing and taking a chance on myself. And I never thought I could do it. And then I did it and I felt amazing. And immediately my brain was like, you need to do this. Like, what are you doing? Doing all the other Mm -hmm. stuff. So Pretty much within a month, I built a whole new website. I stopped marketing towards weddings and families, and I obviously finished up my contracts. But <laughs> but I just like dove full force into boudoir photography. And it wasn't until the last probably two years that I actually renamed it to like empowerment photography because the intention of it is different than what I think the intention behind boudoir photography is. So yeah, that's kind of like a very long story, like condensed really quickly. <laughs> mm. That's how that's how yeah. it happened. <laughs> yeah, no, that's beautiful. I love how you actually experienced it yourself. And that's kind of where the idea came from. Um, now that you mentioned you actually experienced it yourself, um, I just love to dive a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, when you got those headshots, how did that make you feel? Well, to be honest, um, there was a lot of like work that I still had to do on myself as well at that time. Mm-hmm. Cause that was what, 2014. So s- seven years ago. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So a while ago. And, um, and the mind, the mind that I had then was still like, it was in the body positive realm. And it knew that 
something's not right here, but I didn't yeah. know why. Like, I didn't know why. I just knew like that was kind of weird uh, and odd that I wasn't seeing my full body. And if I was, it was hidden behind stuff. Um, and so like, like the photos were beautiful that I got back, but I just like I noticed a trend of this my brain works really well at noticing trends. And I noticed that I wasn't the only one, like very few people that are plus size were showing up online in the media in any capacity. The body image movement or the body positivity movement had just really started in 2014. So we were just starting to see like Ashley Graham come out and all these models come out. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little scary to like, put my body out there but I was like hey if I can do it you can do it kind of thing the other thing looking back now is like now I identify as asexual so like Mm -hmm. and that's why I also wanted to shift from boudoir to empowerment photography because boudoir is usually comes with the representation of sexuality and sex and from the male gaze and it's very like about still regardless of the body size or shape it's like about making it look sexy Mm-hmm. And that never aligned with me when I had my photos taken. Like I go every year, well, not with COVID, but prior to COVID, I was going uh, two to three times a year to get photos done by other people, just so I could remember what it feels like to be a little shit scared before you like have your photo taken and to be able to relate back to the experience for my clients. But every time I did a traditional boudoir session, there was always a disconnect. So mm. that was part of it too was just this idea of this genre of boudoir it was good to get me out of my comfort zone but it all it still didn't align with who I was at my core if that makes sense so that was like something else that I was not aware of in 2014 like I didn't even know what asexual meant or that was an Mm -hmm. option (laughs) Mm -hmm. for people to have so yeah so it's always it's been a bit of like chipping away at all these different aspects um so I was glad that I had that experience though because otherwise I may not be doing what I'm doing if I did not have that experience of having my own boudoir photos taken yeah definitely and what a a brilliant way to highlight when you step out of your comfort zone what you can what actually happens in the mind what it actually like does for you your your psyche yeah I'm very I'm very big on mindset and psychology and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and I've always had like a pretty well-developed sense of self-awareness and it hasn't Mm -hmm. I don't always listen to it that's the key, but I'm aware that it is there. And that's something that I want to encourage my clients to have as well. Um, like, that's what I kind of work towards, like, like setting ex- certain expectations, like, Hey, your brain's going to want you to do this, right? Well, you were there, you experienced it, mm-hmm. the reveal. And then looking at the photos, I'm like, this is like what your brain is going to try to do. And here's how you can listen for it. Um, and I think it's just really important for us to pay attention. And that's why, like, I never consider like that experience I had as a bad experience, um, like my first session, because I had, Mm -hmm. number one, I really had nothing to compare it to. (laughs) Trust me, there's, yeah, yeah, like having family photos is not the same as doing a boudoir session (laughs) in any capacity. It's not. Don't believe anybody. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Those would be weird ass photos if they were, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, so I had nothing to compare it to. I just knew I felt a disconnect with what I was seeing, and I found it odd that I never saw my stomach in the photos, and And I never had a problem with my stomach at that point. I'd like overcome that until I realized that 
maybe the photographer had a problem with my stomach. And then that's what made me realize like, oh, I think photographers have the potential to be doing more harm than good because they project their own body image onto their clients. Uh, yes. And that's kind of what got me started in that realm of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting how you mentioned that the photographer projects their own body image on you, which I feel like is very true. It's very common. Uh, and because I educate now a lot and I have a like online community of photographers and whatnot, I see it come up all the time. Mm. Um, just in general, people put assumptions on different body sizes, like bigger bodies they assume are less flexible or can't do certain poses. But the reality is we've just never seen big bodies doing those poses. So it has yeah. nothing to do with the actual capability. It has everything to do with the representation of what we're seeing. And so I don't, I don't get mad when people ask those types of questions or like, what do I do? I have like a plus size body. I'm like, I'm not mad at you for asking the question, but there's different ways you could ask the question instead of mm. assuming that like different bodies need like special circumstances. That's an assumption that we make. Um, but again, that's just hammered home by the media and all the bullshit of diet culture. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and how toxic can diet culture be for everyone, really, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, like like you said, like, we're not used to seeing certain bodies out in our like commercials, music videos, social media, like, wherever we're visually seeing images, yeah. boudoir, everywhere. We don't, like, we see, like, the same the physical the same being. Yeah. Yeah, and like the same hair color, the same this, the same that. Like we're all fit into this little box. Yeah, I actually uh, two years ago, two years, yeah, two years ago now, I guess it would be. I put up a billboard. I don't know if you like knew that that had happened, but uh, mm -hmm. on Pem and I put up this big billboard showcasing like five bodies and just different sizes, ethnicities, and so on. And it like people went nuts. They were like, "What?" Because look. And so I was on the news and they were like, oh, like, what do you like about what were you trying to do? And I was like, well, number one is just like improve the representation of bodies we see, but also mm. show businesses like fat people shop at your stores, people mm. with stretch marks buy groceries, um, older women buy products and flooring and whatever. So why do you keep using some like um, some 20 year old that like fits a very specific stereotype to mm -hmm. to be the only only person that shows up in all these advertising? The only time you ever see fat bodies specifically showing up is uh, when they're in weight loss ads usually on a mm, billboard yeah. like get rid of your body make yourself smaller the only yeah. time you see placing that shame yeah and the only time you see older bodies usually is like here's your retirement home or make sure yes. you're planning for your death or like all of these like super ageist things and it's just something that I don't think businesses consider is like, wait, let's look at the actual people that are shopping in our stores and how can mm -hmm. we step up and actually represent them in our marketing, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I 100% agree with that. And my mind went a different way a little bit. And this is probably because the realm that I in and it really went to like over sexualizing everything yeah um and they are just trying to prove that like you know like there's porn for example and like well who do you see in porn most of the time yeah. these young portrayed women that are thin that are this that are that and of course it's going to be in our media because they over sexualize us that way and they yeah. have this image that they keep trying to ingrain into our brain 
Well, it was interesting. I was talking to somebody about um, a few years ago when Playboy decided to stop shooting nudes, right? Or showing mm. nudes anyways. Um, I noticed that I was subscribed to their magazine. <laughs> so I was like, of course, I yeah. Like, this magazine and Playboy magazine coming in the mail. <laughs> uh, I was like, can you tell what I do for a living? But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, d- I noticed a disturbing trend because they took away the novelty of nudity. All of a sudden, the women that they were showing were hypersexualized, of course, but they were also mm-hmm. younger looking. Like they were, even yeah. if they weren't young, they definitely looked like teenagers. And I was like, that's unfortunate. Like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? Um, yeah, just because you're taking away nudity doesn't mean you go to another novelty. Like, that's an even worse one, I think. Like, bring back the nudity at least of different <laughs> yeah. like ages, like older women. That'd be great. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So I was just surprised and shocked at that, but I'm not. I'm also not surprised at that, right? Especially the female body is like super hypersexualized, regardless mm-hmm. of um, of who you are. So yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's all it's all intertwined, though. I think that's mm-hmm. that, that's the thing. Is like beauty standards exist because of like if we're distracted doing that then uh and we're always focused on that then we'll settle for certain partners that maybe think that we're not worthy of better ones and Mm -hmm. like it's just just a nightmare (laughs) yeah and I mean like we all know how powerful sexual energy is like we all understand like if we're aroused we're probably going to consume whatever it is that we're being aroused by. So of course we're going to be implementing that in all of our marketing. Um, Of course we're going to keep using that in like, in our subliminal messages that we're sending to society. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And it's interesting because it's like two different sides though. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and I noticed this actually in music, like from when I was like a teenager that I would listen to, if you listen to the music that most women consumed or young girls mm-hmm. consumed, it's like, like the boys that were singing or men that were singing was like, oh, I want to love you forever. And it's all about love and romance mm-hmm. and like courtship and blah, 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 blah. But then you listen to the music that the boys are listening to at that same age, and they would never be caught dead listening to NSYNC or the Backstreet Mm -hmm. Boys or like whatever. But the music they're listening to is all about how to take women and objectify them and do terrible things to them Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And so we're all growing up women with one particular ideal of what to expect, And then one with a particular ideal for men, what to expect. So now there's these problems that exist that now we have to pay to fix these things, right? There's something wrong with me, even though it's all these expectations that we were raised to believe about certain things. It wasn't about us at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's like corporate America and corporate North America. Yeah, a huge huge patriarchy for that. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, oh my goodness, yes. And that's it's it's so interesting too because like even if you were to look at like Disney for example like who hasn't heard of Disney who doesn't watch Disney who hasn't grown up on Disney and my, at least my yeah. age group anyways maybe not so much now but that's the age group that I grew up with Disney and like what yeah. what's always happening there's like the princess um who has like this horrible past and then all of a sudden she meets her prince and her life is happily ever after right that's just like the story that we're portrayed yeah there it's just like uh, like I'm I'm seeing a turn for that now which is good like obviously with Frozen and mm-hmm. whatnot they did a really good job of like oh no the sister saved her not yeah. not the guy which was super great and like I think 
they're starting to listen, but it's still very much in the infant stage mm-hmm. of like, oh, I don't know if we can sell as much from pleasure point as we can from a pain point. Um, because that's mostly what marketing was based on up until just very recently, right? So mm. um, they're like, well, if you hate yourself, then you'll just spend more money. That's great. You know, and it's like, no, not anymore. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> definitely a trend. Uh, fear, sorry, fear and pain. That's those are like yeah. the, the novelties that they love trying to push and to use to sell. Yeah. That's why I think I love psychology so much and mindset is because mm-hmm. if you can like override that little lizard brain that's like, oh my God, uh, then you are less likely to fall prey to the messages that um, that they expect, like the corporations expect you to fall for and believe in. Like that's the worst part is like, yeah, demolish your own self-esteem so we can make more money. No, thank you. I don't want any part of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But you're you're exactly right though. It's it sucks because like a lot of people do unfortunately fall for those those messages. Um and then you're right exactly mindset development is so incredibly helpful for those specific like not only just towards the media but like your day to day with people that you're meeting on the streets um people, even your parents huge huge yeah. The amount of like, like that's the amount of healing okay. that I've had to go through for like to actually overcome a lot of the stuff from my childhood is insane. Yeah. And it's like, once you like get to a point, I think it's usually where your brain fuses together, like around 27, that's for most people around 26, 27, your brain is like, Oh, we're whole again. <laughs> uh, then you're like, wait a minute do I want to believe all this shit that I was told when I was like 12? No. Um, But now you get to decide. But I think for a lot of people, it is a lot of work. And that's the thing, like when I do the boudoir sessions or empowerment sessions, whatever, um, is that sometimes clients expect that I will fix, like this session will be the thing. This is the fix for this. And I always am very careful to say, Hey, 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 listen, I I am good at what I do, but listen, I cannot undo 25 plus years of negative self-talk in a day. Like if I could, I would be very, very, very successful. (laughs) Um, but I cannot, that is not my responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like I can help you and give you the tools, but ultimately that you're the person that has to apply it right like I can't go in there and like fix your brain for you unfortunately (laughs) yeah yeah you're exactly right like it's it's you have to be committed to your healing it's a bit of a journey because like like you said 25 plus years you have things you have to unlearn trauma you have to uncover and and heal from and, and actually want to move forward with yeah and that's why like uh, for uh, like when I first started with body positivity, that's where I was focused. And then I realized very quickly that body positivity was just another bandaid. Um, yeah. like just tell yourself yeah. you love your body and it'll be great. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, that doesn't work like mm-hmm. that. Actually. Uh, I aim for body liberation and body neutrality for people. And I recommend that because it's like, you're not going to love your body every single day. But what happens is if you're striving for body positivity, and you do wake up and you do look at your body and you're like, no, I don't like it today. You're going to be like, oh, I feel bad about my body. Oh, now I feel bad about feeling bad about my body. Mm-hmm. So now you've got like this double whammy of shame that's just hit you. Whereas if you follow like body neutrality or body liberation, it's like, oh, I don't really like my body today, but I'm not going to let that stop me from doing whatever I want to do today. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, I acknowledge that I don't have to love it. It is what it is, but I'm 
not going to let that hold me back from doing the things that I want to do in my life. And it's just such a much more free way of existing, I think, in in these meat sacks of a body that are ever changing, regardless of how much we try to stop them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's it's kind of like a Band-Aid, really, with the positive talk. I, I say that a lot. Um, it is literally just a Band-Aid. You're, you're kind of just putting like um, a little bow on top of this stick, I don't know, and trying to make it look like a bouquet of flowers. <laughs> yeah, it's like you say you can put lipstick on a pig, but at the Thank end you, of the day, yes. it's still a pig, right? <laughs> I'm so and horrible like, metaphors. <laughs> right? Well, that's okay. Uh, ribbon on a stick works, too. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is but it is that like uh it's toxic positivity essentially and i yeah. think it just sets people up more to fail again it was a good place to start mm-hmm. because the way our brain works is polar it loves polarity so it's like well if i'm not being body negative i guess the opposite would be body positive positive. and it's like no like everything in the world there is a spectrum that you can move along mm-hmm. it doesn't just have to be black or white thinking which is like our brains love that because it's easy to organize Mm -hmm. but it's like no there's like a middle ground that I think you should get you before you even strive for positivity you can strive for that eventually but let's just get you to a place where you're like it is what it is for now Mm -hmm. yeah and I I find that um this is actually something I venture with my own clients is like when you're feeling that that pain or that hurt or whatever it is that you're feeling and we actually put a label on it as good or bad. Our brain loves to label and compartmentalize things, <laughs> especially yeah. feelings. And that's like the, as soon as we feel, I don't know, disgust, for example, if we label it as bad and we don't want that. So we immediately want to body, like positive talk. We immediately want to label it as something, something else and cover it up. Cause we're just, we don't yes. like to feel it. It just doesn't feel good. Right. It's cause yeah. we're labeling it as bad, but if we can really just like, like you said, basically acknowledge it and just like sit there and be with it. And just, you know, if we can really just make that okay, there's no good and there's no bad. It just, it just is. Cause at the end of the day, what we're feeling, it is just energy. Well, and that's what a big thing I tell people is like, things just happen. You're the one attaching a meaning to it. Exactly. (laughs) Like your body is your body. You're the one attaching a meaning to it. Mm -hmm. Whether And that meaning, of course, is like guided by the messages we've received as children and Mm -hmm. the media and the messages we keep being told. If you post a picture of yourself half naked on the internet, of course, the meaning is skewed by those things. But ultimately, you're the one that chooses to accept what is being projected onto you um, in in that way and to decide whether or not you want to believe it. I don't know. I think that's the other thing I encourage people to think about is like, you look at somebody else that maybe has a similar body to you and you're like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's like really easy for you to see and choose, this is the important word, choose the beauty in other people. Mm-hmm. Because trust me, there are people out there that very much will not choose to see the beauty. <laughs> uh, and the thing is, we're choosing that, but we forget that we also can choose it for ourselves. Yes. So we forget like, oh, I'm, a- I'm actually choosing to not like myself right? Mm-hmm. That is a choice that I have decided. And once you realize that you're a grown as adult and you can decide if that is actually serving you to be the person you want to be or not. Uh, I just think it's a really powerful way to think about it. Yeah, no, definitely. And that, that's so huge when you say choose, because like, it really brings it down to awareness, right? That awareness allows you to have that choice. So like, oh, I'm going to go with option A or as opposed to option B, which is going to literally yeah. change your entire day, if not life. 
Yeah, because I get a lot of people like when I post, I post a lot of photos of myself, obviously, on mm-hmm. social media. And they're beautiful. Uh, and they're and thanks in various states of dress and whatnot. But the thing is, I always get people like, oh, I wish I was as confident as you, or I wish I had the courage, or I wish I was body positive, whatever. And I'm like, stop wishing and start choosing. Mm-hmm. Like wishing, wishing is the chicken shit way out of it. Like you can't wish your way to it. It involves working and actively deciding that you want that for yourself and that you are more importantly worth becoming that person if that is who you want to be right because if you didn't want to be that then you wouldn't be wishing for it if you did enjoy hating yourself and you did enjoy saying negative things to yourself you wouldn't be wishing for something different you would just be like I enjoy being mean to me okay that's fine you have chosen (laughs) right but it's like when you get to that point where you're like oh but I wish it could be different it can you literally just have to shift your words to say I am choosing confidence. Mm -hmm. I am choosing to act confidently. I am choosing to be beautiful today or to see beauty within me, like, and rewiring your brain. So it takes practice, so much practice, but, but you, but nobody can change that except for the person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and like you mentioned, if you don't make that choice, like if you don't choose change, nothing will change. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I know I always come across sounding like a little harsh, but this is why people call me tough love Terry uh, and an emotional dominatrix, which is weird. I love that actually. Yeah. With your, with your vibe, but that's, <laughs> but that's the thing is like, my friend called me an emotional dominatrix. He's like, yeah, you just yell at people and tell them how to feel sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. Um, but it really, it really comes down to that personal responsibility piece. Yes. And I just am yeah I just stop if anybody's listening and you're like oh I do wish no stop wishing start choosing (laughs) yeah that would be my advice yeah (laughs) I love that I did actually didn't know about the um uh tough love Terry thing yeah usually I used to use that in my intros and I just stopped recently saying it (laughs) like it's in my bio and stuff like that but um yeah for a long time and actually the podcast that I had started for me was the tough love cherry podcast because it was just whenever I'd have musings about like "Mm, maybe there's a better way we could be thinking about Mm. this people (laughs) I'm curious then what made you stop using it Oh, doing a podcast? Oh, mostly just like I was doing everything. So every now and then I'll pop on and record something and put it on there. But it really was just, yeah, because I I do like talk. I'm good in interviews as well. I like interviewing and being interviewed. I'm very good at on the spot talking, Mm -hmm. but I'm not very good just like being by myself and like, so Mm -hmm. I I would read my blog posts because I'm very good at writing. So oh, that's fair. Pretty yeah cool. no I, I, I meant I the like, uh the tough love terry where, where did that come oh. from oh so that i don't know i think i just came up with that once because somebody's like "Ooh, tough love and mm. i was like yeah my name like works well with a lot of things are oddly enough <laughs> which fun fact my parents chose my name terry out of a uh, playboy magazine wow so. full circle moment i know <laughs> i was like dad you would be proud um <laughs> Yeah, I just thought that was funny. I was like, okay, now I just have to get published once in Playboy and then it will be complete. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I still use it sometimes. Like when I do coaching, it's Tough Love Terry Coachings, just so people know what to expect. Like I'm not gonna be calm <laughs> or like 
quiet like I'll tell you what I think Mm -hmm. but in a way that is with love (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's just because I'm like I see so much potential Mm -hmm. yeah no I feel like um you can tell when the sincerity is there when like not just you but just anyone you can really feel like the love behind it even though it may like be harsh it's just that it's it's like a hard truth for that person to handle that's really all it is yeah, and I like to cut through the bullshit. I like efficiency. So, um, yeah, small talk is not my jam. So I'm like, let's get into it, shall we? <laughs> like straight, straight to the good stuff. Yeah. So, and but now I've gotten better. Now I'll say, would you like feedback on that? <laughs> and I'm getting better at asking questions instead of just telling people how to feel, which is good. Mm-hmm um but sometimes I'm like just choose it (laughs) that's fair so what would you say is something common that a lot of your clients have when they're coming to see you for a shoot I think the biggest thing is out of the majority of clients that I see all of them I would dare to say all of them are caretakers or givers Mm. um that they have put themselves last for most of their life. And this is like either, either it was a gift by somebody else. So they didn't even like think about themselves for it. Um, and then are thankful that they did it. Or they finally are like, you know what? No, I deserve this. Like this, I need to do this for myself. That was me. Um, <laughs> what? That was me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it finally hits that point because I, I am not cheap at all. So like, mm-hmm. that's the other thing is women have a hard time spending money to begin with. Yeah. Um, and then to invest in something that is solely for themselves, which is why for a long time, women would come to me and be like, well, it's a gift for my husband. Like mm-hmm. it was always a justification, which I would play along with knowing that it probably wasn't. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just like, you know what? No, uh, he is privileged if he if you decide to show him the photos. Mm-hmm. That is it. Because otherwise, then his reaction determines their outcome. And I don't like that. Yeah. I'm like, do you like them? That's all that matters. Exactly. I don't care what your partner says because they are privileged to get to see them. Um, but I think for a lot of women, it's really hard to justify spending money and large amounts of money on themselves to do something that inevitably, like I've seen it change so many lives. Like this is the problem with like an empowerment session or whatever. It's like, until you do it, you don't know how good it is. So it's like, I could tell people all day, every day, like, it's really good. Like you will be in touch with your body and you will like do all these things. And they're like, I don't know, like (laughs) it's just photos, but until you actually do it and spend time with yourself, I think that is the key point, like touching your body and Mm -hmm. arching your back to high heaven and (laughs) wearing things that make you feel good Mm -hmm. and feel sexy and powerful and whatever you want to feel the day of your session. Um, it's hard to explain to people what that's like. So they have to put a lot of trust that I know what I'm talking about, um, which is why I do like when other, when clients are like, yes, it did make a difference. Yes, I did enjoy it because I'm like, see, see, I'm not lying. I didn't make (laughs) this up. (laughs) Powerful, I promise. um but yeah but it's really hard for people to invest that money so then when they go to do that their brain is going to throw every single excuse at them why they should not yep um and so yeah that's again it it 
this is where I say, like, I don't empower people. I can give you the opportunity to empower yourself because if I did it, that would not be empowerment. That Mm -hmm. would be me doing something for you. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, I give you a safe space to explore whatever you need to explore the day that you step through my door. And, but you have to be the one that steps through the door. Like I can't, I, well, I could push you, but I'm not going to do that. Like boundary issues. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm tough, but I'm not that tough. Like I'll be nice that way. But ultimately it's up to them to get themselves through the door. So like the empowerment starts well before the camera even comes out. It's literally like pressing like book. And then it's like, holy shit, what did I just agree to do? Mm -hmm. And then it's like a little roller coaster up until the actual photo shoot where it's like, that was the best decision ever. And then it's like, oh shit. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. What? A, oh my God. Like I have to try on clothes. Like I have to go shopping. Oh my God. No, you don't actually have to do any of that. You get, you just have to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> up. I, I actually, oh my gosh, just listening to you. It reminds me just a lot of what my own clients go through when they're trying to invest in themselves, because it's, they're two different things. But they're also the same thing because they're both invested in in experience and it's all to do with um, just empowering yourself, right? It's just this practice. Yeah, exactly. The self. And when you're pushing yourself into something uncomfortable and that's unknown and that's different, you're challenging your ego, if anything, and you're you're pushing the edges and you're, you're pushing you're just pushing you're right you're you're creating yeah. that 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 change and when that happens that resistance is going to kick in and yeah it's uh, it's just so it's so I can like predict it yeah. along the way which is why I do have so many emails that I send sporadically <laughs> to remind it's okay I got you it's okay I got you along the way because of that reason that it is so like well maybe I shouldn't have done that mm. you know like very quickly all those like negative things and that's the hard part is how do you get yourself to do something if you don't think you're worth doing that thing mm-hmm. Right. And that that's why I think I also spend a lot of time online doing a lot of the like talking about all the things I talk about online is because that is my way of chipping away at that mm-hmm. um, at that part of people that like to build them up before they've even come into the studio. Like, I need you to understand that you are worth anything that you want to yeah. invest in, not just me, but like literally anything that you just want that, you know, would fulfill your soul and like the dream that you've had for yourself or like what you've always imagined doing. And like your mind isn't going to be the thing that holds you back from doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I think that's why I'm like super, uh, active on social media to just be like, this is how you can rewire your brain. This is how we can change yeah. it. Here's a story about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's that's actually brilliant that they're bringing that up because it, it's it just proves that we have to keep seeing like these reminders. We have to be constantly reminded. And yeah, I know it's scary, and I, I'm not trying to like diminish that for any of the listeners. Like I know jumping in and actually committing to yourself is can be the scariest fucking thing i've totally been there i'm sure terry feels the same way we've all been there (laughs) it's scary (laughs) the most the i the biggest amount of money that i've spent on a photo shoot was not even for my wedding it was for my own boudoir session or um she does portraits but down in the states and she only had two options there was like a three thousand dollar collection and a five thousand dollar collection or whatever and i was like 
oh my god like that's uh, okay that's <laughs> a chunk of change but I was like you know what you need to do it like you need this for yourself and actually that was the photo shoot that helped kind of like uh Kara Marie Studios she's quite popular but anyways down she was down in Texas now she lives in Italy which is cool oh, neat. but anyways I always talk about her session with me because it was the session that I got to show up as myself mm. as I see myself it wasn't about being sexy or sexual it was literally just about existing in the body that I have wearing what makes me feel comfortable which isn't traditional lingerie it literally was like I don't even know what I wore uh just like a crop top or a tank top and like high-waisted panties or mm-hmm. whatever it was just stuff that I felt comfortable in and would wear around my house um and so that is because it was more portrait style that's when I started to be like wait a minute we confuse like empowerment means something different to everyone mm-hmm. and so why am I trying to force people into doing boudoir to be empowered which is why I wanted to step back and say okay wait a minute guys we can do this in any way that you want to be empowered do you want to wear clothes do you not want to wear clothes like whatever that looks like do you want to wear full fur or satin or like nothing at all or like what is the dream and let's do that instead because that sounds like empowerment to me instead of me telling you what to do and how to love your body yes Terry (laughs) yes no definitely I 100% agree with that the empowering is really I feel like in like whatever that person feels to show up in that moment yeah and it can and for a lot of people it can change from when they book the session Mm -hmm. to the day they come in um which I've noticed recently so one of the things and I think you feel that on the questionnaire at the bottom is like what is the intention you want to set Mm -hmm. for your session today and so by bringing that up the day of the shoot it's like okay let's revisit why you booked this in the first place and it brings them back into that moment of like oh yeah this is why I felt I needed this and then we can reconnect with like the importance of why you're doing it for yourself to begin with and Mm -hmm. I think that's like a really powerful thing for people yeah I love setting an intention oh my goodness it is so powerful not only like is it just power in in general but like it revisits that that emotional connection you had to whatever it was and it kind of like keeps you driven and keeps you focused Yeah. And for me as a creative, it's beneficial because there's so many different ways that I can photograph light style, um, everything like that. And so if I know what somebody's intention is going into a session, I can, I have like this whole bag of tools that I can say, okay, for today's session, like if you want to do connection or whatever it is, like we're going to spend a lot of time touching your body and connecting with your body and yourself and things around you. Like that's going to be a main thing. If you want to show up powerful, then we'll use harder lights and more shadows and more uh like head-on posing like just different things Mm -hmm. a lot so that way each session is completely customized and it just opened up my whole world when I realized like wait a minute people are empowered by different things (laughs) it was an awakening (laughs) beautiful I love that (laughs) well um I I could talk to you forever, um, but at this moment, Terry, I would really love to give you the stage and just tell the listeners um, how they can get a hold of you, what do you have to offer, um, your social media, website, whatever. Sure. Uh, so the best place to find me the most frequently would be on Instagram. So it's Instagram.com forward slash Terry Hofford, which is T-E-R-I. 
H-O-F-F-O-R-D, because everyone spells my name wrong. Mm -hmm. So we have to say that. Uh, I did just uh, publish a book at the end of last year called Mm. The Geo Theory, Chipping Away at Body Image. So it is based on a positive psychology methodology called the PERMA-V model, which walks you through the steps to actually get your mindset right to work through body image issues, regardless of where you are in your body image, um, which I think is really important. Um, So you can find that on my website, which is terryhoffer.com. Um, and it's just under the geo theory is the name of the book so you can find that there if you are a photographer I offer a lot of courses on how to diversify um, the people that you're photographing so that way we can see all the bodies in the media instead of just a very specific standard Um, so that is also on my website and on my uh, I have a community called everybody's education on Facebook which is where you can find me oh I need to go on there (laughs) well it's for photographers sorry sorry i used to have a group for women called babes against bullshit um but it got to be too much so Mm. i was like i need to step away maybe one day i'll reactivate it i just archived it oh that's fine respect your energy yeah Yeah, exactly i was just like this is too much i got into it too deep yeah (laughs) awesome well thank you again so much terry thank you for having me this is fun Thank you so much for joining me with today's episode. If you love what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on your listening platform so I can keep the goodness coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, you can interact with me and enjoy daily inspiration on Instagram at Chelsbra or visiting my website for one-to-one mentoring at chelsbra.com. I love you and appreciate you so much and can't wait to connect again in the next episode. Until then, turn your magic on loves and keep evolving.